0: episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host Jake Weaver and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light and more love. Well, I was not expecting to do another tribute episode so soon after doing the tribute episode for Teek not Han. But literally the day after I recorded that episode, with the wonderful Bryn Anderson, I found out that one of my great heroes, one of my mentors, an incredible human being that has mentored millions of people around the world had graduated into the next dimension. It's Bob Proctor people. And if you don't know about Bob Proctor, just go to YouTube and dive in. Just type in Bob Proctor and just start watching and watching and watching. I wouldn't be the person I am today without Bob Proctor, but I'm going to hold off before I get into that. I could just actually open up this huge can of worms, but I do want to just say that this is a tribute episode. This is a tribute episode to Bob Proctor who recently graduated. Bob Proctor has had such a profound impact on my life that I couldn't do anything but have a tribute episode. I would have loved to have had Bob on the show, but alas, at 87, he passed on. So we're doing this tribute episode, but before we get into that, I do want to let everyone know that here with me, just like... Every lecture episode, every Beyond the News episode, and now, just right out of the gate, the second tribute episode, Bryn Anderson of Vital Force Herbs is here with me. Hello, Bryn.
1: Hey, Jake. How's it going?
0: Well, we're doing a tribute to Bob Proctor. You were here just two weeks ago for a tribute to Teek Not Han, and now we're doing a tribute to Bob Proctor.
1: Yeah, I was not expecting to do... Uh, Two tribute episodes so close together, but I guess February is a month of graduation for folks.
0: I guess so. And also, I was personally expecting Bob to crack the 90s, much like (laughs) Teak. I thought it would be 97 before he graduated. That was just my wishful thinking. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I kind of thought so too, though. He's so youthful and exuberant. I didn't see that coming at all. So I guess he was ready to move on, but... I thought maybe you'd have him on the show you in a year or so, too. Who knows?
0: And, And for people that don't know who Bob Proctor is, he's one of the greatest prosperity personal development teachers of all time. He studied directly under Earl Nightingale who studied with Napoleon Hill and all the greats. He pretty much, with Earl Nightingale, founded the personal development industry. And he had been teaching for over 60 years. Some of the Best concepts you could possibly imagine changed my life. Concepts that have changed my life. So that's just the very basic rundown. Of course, we're going to go into the bio. It's sad physically that he's gone. You know that he's graduated to the next dimension. So it's bittersweet when we do these tribute episodes. I have spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours pushing Bob Prompter's voice and information into my consciousness. So. It's a big deal for me to see Bob Proctor go. I'm very, very disheartened. I'm wishing his family well and all the people at the Proctor Gallagher Institute, which is the company he founded with Sandy Gallagher. But before I talk about the run of the show today, before we read Bob Proctor's bio, I need you to do something for me. Go to waveblock.com. WaveBlock has created products that protect you. They are adhesive EMF shielding designed for the Apple AirPods and the Apple iPhones. They are stickers, which are made of materials that reflect electromagnetic frequencies, EMF radiation away from your body. The stickers themselves do not interfere with charging docking use or your case they just offer all day protection and perhaps you're an android user they have gift cards on the site for people that you know that use apple products they need to be protected this technology is here with us these bluetooth headphones our cell phones they they emit radiation in addition to other things in our lives and we have opportunities to protect ourselves this is one of those opportunities. You place the sticker on the device, and it, like I said, it reflects the EMF radiation away from your body. And we do have a discount code, which will get you 20% off your order at waveblock.com. No other podcast or Anywhere else really on the internet will give you 20% off. This is exclusive to Midnight on Earth listeners. And the code is Midnight, M-I-D-N-I-G-H-T. That will get you 20% off any order. So go and get the protection you need. You think about the amount of time these devices stay near our head, The SAR rating, which is measuring the amount of radiation that's being absorbed by your body, is real. That's why they have these ratings. These products that WaveLock designed are designed to protect you, protect your lymph nodes, the lymphatic system. I could go on and on and on. This is something I definitely care passionately about. If you're an Apple product user, they have several variations of the iPhone Both versions of the AirPods, the classics, the pros. Check these out. The five-star ratings, the videos, the actual lab reports are on the website. Check it out, people. Use your 20% off code, midnight, and use it at waveblock.com. That's waveblock.com. And also check out... Blue Cobra CBD, that's bluecobracbd.com, and there you will find Blue Cobra CBD oil, the highest quality CBD oil on the market, period. There's nothing else like it. Why? Because the method that is used to extract the CBD from the hemp is proprietary, and it's 100% natural. It's called the HIT extraction method. It was developed by a man named Howard HIT, a.k.a. Big H, and it uses no chemicals, no solvents, no gases. Like I said, 100% natural. All the ingredients are 100% organic. Small batch, organ-grown hemp, organic organ-grown hemp. There is absolutely nothing like this on the market. I have tested and tried More CBD products than you can even imagine. Probably more than you've ever seen in your life personally as a person that's not ever been in the cannabis industry. There is nothing like this product. I use it every single day. And it makes me a better person. It helps me be my best self. I feel incredible. I feel a very core calmness. The plant spirit, I don't know what's happening there, but I do know it deeply affects me. I tell Howard about it every single time we talk. He developed a new line. It's significantly more powerful than his original version of Blue Cobra. It's called King Cobra, and that's what I take every day. I highly recommend you try it. If you feel like it's too strong, there's little King Cobra. And if you have pets and people have benefited from this, they're telling Howard and they're telling me the wild thing line for pets, CBD for pets using Howard's method. It's not just CBD for pets that you can find anywhere else. It's CBD for pets using the hint extraction method. This is what I'm trying desperately to get through to you people that have Ailments, pains, muscle issues, anxiety, depression, people that are dealing with cancer treatments. These are all situations where CBD has benefited in general. And by using Howard's CBD, the Blue Cover CBD, you're going to experience something incredibly profound. Just like I did. I'm like literally firsthand real life information right here for you because... It's powerful medicine, and it doesn't have THC in it. It's not illegal in any of the places where cannabis is still illegal. This is another product. Yes, it's made from cannabis, but it's not illegal for people that wonder about that. People still wonder about that. You'd be surprised. And there's a Midnight on Earth Blue Cobra CBD discount code. It's MIDCBD, MIDCBD. And that will get you free shipping on any order in the Continental, 48 United States. International listeners, please check this product out. Talk to Howard directly and see if your country's laws correlate with his product. Shouldn't be a problem. I think it's fairly legal everywhere now. And you can contact Howard about a lot of different things. If you want to hear his personal testimony where he will tell you that it cured his cancer... His diabetes and other ailments, he's there for you to talk to and he'll tell you that. I can't tell you that, but he'll tell you that and he'll also tell you that other people have told him that, that Blue Cobra saved their lives. I can't say that, but if you call Howard on the number that's on the website or email him, bluecobracbd at gmail.com, which is also on the website, he'll tell you all that stuff. You buy some, you don't like it, you can keep the product, money back guarantee, keep the product, keep the shipping money if you had to pay it, You get it all back. I take it every single day, like I said, I put it in my morning shank. I urge anyone that's been ever interested in wanting to try CBD to try this product because there really is nothing like it. And I keep trying to, like a Rubik's Cube, kind of figure out how to twist and turn these concepts around every time I tell you this. So it gets through to some people and hopefully you're hearing me because this is truly a magical product. There, there really is no other CBD product like this out there period. And you can find it only currently at bluecobracbd.com. That is Blue Cobra CBD. Dot com. And lastly, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can go there. Follow us. Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts. There's so many places. Pod chaser stitcher. I could go down the list. There's so many. Go there, click the button that connects us. And of course, please tell a friend, tell someone that you know that likes these type of podcasts that would like to know about abundance and all of these incredible concepts that Bob Proctor brought and still brings to the table. He is a very highly recorded person. So you want them to find out about this information, bring them here midnightonearth.com Okay, so I've told you about these products we've got our social media shout out out of the way. And now we're just going to deep dive into Bob Proctor and some of his thinking. There is a significant amount of recorded material related to Bob Proctor and what he's put out there. Weeks and weeks of material collectively You could watch on YouTube and then you start looking at other sources. There's free downloads. There's other things out there. And then it just expands, expands, expands. There's so much. Like I said, he is a highly recorded individual. Thank God.
1: I'm so thankful for that. I'm so glad that you can listen to all of his wisdom that he had the forethought to record all of that as well as, you know, being able to find it in his books and such. But,
0: yeah, just before he passed, he invested in a new home recording studio, which I believe he was saying cost him around $2 million. So he was just constantly growing, constantly pushing forward until the day he graduated. Life is for expansion and fuller expression, as Bob always said, never for retraction. So he was always trying to live in that harmonious state with the expanding Nature of the universe, which is so powerful and positive. So we're going to listen to three, I believe, three different videos, potentially four, I think, three different videos from Bob where you just get to hear his voice, understand his vibe, and also just realize that he's one of the greatest prosperity teachers of all time now. He, he's in the legend Hall of Fame with Earl Nightingale, Napoleon Hill, Wallace D. Waddles, For me, this was the portal to that next level of information. I can say that Bob came into my life because a very great friend strangely appeared out of nowhere in a synchronistic time. He lived in another town and he showed up at my house one day, incredibly excited about the information that he had learned from Bob Proctor and the Proctor Gallagher Institute and all the other authors that Bob Proctor suggests in his teachings. And from there, it it ignited something in me. I remember streaming the Think and Grow Rich seminar that happened in 2015. So starting in 2015 is really when this all came into my life. And really what it boils down to is as a spiritual person i've always been attracted to certain books that are resonant with those topics with those understandings and you see these titles that are spiritual and heady and and you want to read those books and they're always in the occult section but there's another section in the bookstores called the self-help section and you go to that section of your library, of a bookstore, and you will see books like The Science of Getting Rich, Think and Grow Rich. And those titles tend to scare, actually terrify spiritual people because most spiritual people have been programmed that money is the root of all evil. And the love of money is the root of all evil. But really, that is not the case. I would like to correct that and say the lust for money is the root of all evil. The coveting of money is the root of all evil. Money is just a neutral form of energy. It can do incredible good. It can magnify your mind. You have an incredible idea backed with the resource and the energy of money can do profound things. And when I realized that, when I started to let go of my old understandings, so many spiritual authors I've read, so many people I've talked to over the years seem to have the misunderstanding that if a person is wealthy, that they've done something wrong. And that is not the case, honestly. In some cases, there are people that are ignorant in the realm of human compassion, understanding that seem to have. A surplus of resources, yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that because you have those resources, there's only one path you could have chosen. When you realize that everything is infinite and made out of one thing, just original substance before energy, then you realize that everything is infinite because everything takes that form from original substance. So all the lack, all the limitation, all the scarcity is truly a human construct. And these are some of the things that I've learned from Bob and the authors that he's suggested. And when you strip away the fear of abundance, the fear of having the resources to manifest the life that you want to live fully, truly to live fully. On earth, it takes resources. There's no doubt about it. When the Dalai Lama flies around the world and he has an entourage that take care of him, all of that requires resources. Usually that shows up in the form of donations. In a lot of cases, those donations are coming from very wealthy spiritual people. So, what Bob helped me understand, and what Bob helped to activate within me, was switching my mindset from scarcity and seeing the lack and limitation, and not even realizing it was there, it was in my subconscious mind, and getting over that, pushing that out, using repetition to reprogram myself with the absolute truth that everything's made out of the divine. God, original substance, whatever you want to call it, and that everything is infinite. And everything comes from the divine. Your income comes from the divine. All your paychecks, everything comes from God. So you get in harmony with abundance. You get in harmony with the infiniteness of manifestation and dedicating your life to discovering your talents so you can expand your service. Then all the magic happens. And these are a lot of concepts that I've learned from the prosperity sector of spirituality and and new age thinking. But it's a sector, like I said earlier, that wasn't at the forefront. Most spiritual people do not talk about these things or had not for many years. Now it seems to be coming into the forefront somewhat, but still it's still seen as potentially materialistic, but I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something and then I'll stop talking. (laughs) Is that if you had those resources, infinite money, think of the good that you could do with that. Are you trying to say that you would be corrupted? Are you trying to say that as soon as you got handed millions of dollars, you would instantly do something negative? I don't think so. I don't think you actually think so. I think you would try to do something good. You would try to magnify your mind, multiply the good that you can do. And these are some of the things, like I said, that Bob talks about. So all of these concepts shifted my frequency, changed my vibration. And then I started to attract incredible things into my life. My life radically changed from that point forward. I became a different person, including starting a podcast and so much more. Bryn, did you want to say anything about Bob Proctor? Well, wow. You just said a lot about
1: Bob Proctor. But something that struck me when I first started listening to Bob Proctor was, like you said, he's not in the new age spiritual section of the bookstore. He's in the self-help and the titles and things that you see him talk about, you know, born rich, think and grow rich. And you're instantly like, Oh, that's just about greed and money or how to get wealthy quick or that kind of thing. And when I really started listening to him and the other authors that he learned from James Allen, Amazing early century author and like you mentioned, Wallace D. Waddles. It's all about energy. It's all about vib- vibration. It's all about the divine. Like one of the first things I ever heard Bob Proctor say, standing up there, you know, looking like a, you know, pretty regular grandfatherly type guy in his suit saying like, you're a soul. You're not a body. You know, you're made out of energy. All of these amazing, you know, yes, spiritual you not concepts your body. that you're like, oh yeah, that's the, like the hippie bumper sticker. You, you know, you're not your body. You live in a body. Things like that. And you know, here's this guy. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Okay. So what's his angle? And it's just, it's so much more. It's so much more profound and, deeper than you might expect it to be or think just from what we've all been programmed to believe that money and wealth and all of that is about. So I definitely encourage people to dig deeper into, you know, what he and his teachers that he learned from are
0: all about. Yes. You are not your body is like peak Bob Proctor. That's like his, really foundational concept, one of his foundational concepts, because he really drove home the point that you're not your body, you're in your body. And then he talks about in his teachings, how to utilize your mind to direct the body to achieve the goals that you want.
1: Right. And you're not even your mind that you are in charge of your mind. And, you know, so therefore it's up to you to program your mind in the manner in which you would like to live and not just let the mind run amok being ruled by the body who
0: is being programmed by outside sources.
1: Exactly. So it's just all about how to harness your, you know, Your divine energy, your divine will, your divine service. Also, it's not about money for the sake of money. And that's something I think is really important. It's not just like, you know, here's a book on how to get rich so you can have five pools and seven mansions. It's about what, like you said, it's what you can do, what you can manifest, whatever you want for the service that you were born to do. You were brought here to do a service, to make the world a better place, to live for the highest good. And here is how you are able to access through energy, the resources in order to do the service
0: you were meant to do. And that's really what Bob's whole message was. And really there's yeah. And what I really find interesting is that a lot of what I learned from Bob Proctor and then backing it up, Earl Nightingale, Napoleon Hill and all the other authors I didn't find in the occult teachings, I didn't find it in the counterculture teachings, I didn't find it anywhere, and yet it's all energy work, it's all applicable, it's a whole different layer of information, if you combine the two, you get something really special, so that's why I really want new age people, spiritual people, my counterculture people, psychedelic people to focus in on Bob Proctor don't judge a book by its cover just listen to what he's saying listen to the words and it'll change your life it definitely changed my life and there is a lot of intersection of course with magical thinking and a lot of the concepts that he talks about can be traced back to the and and other magical books so there is some overlap but not in the core stuff that's out there in the mainstream. I mean, you got to dig for the Kabbalion that comes later. There's different books that are considered really deep core foundational books and these type of thinkings. And he was out there promoting these concepts. I guess you could say in the corporate world and beyond doing seminars to very mainstream people, you would say, and giving them this incredibly high Incredibly valuable information. So that's what I know about my good friend, Bob Proctor. So just like anybody that's on the show, whether they're alive or graduated or we're doing a trivia, we still read their bios. So here we go. Here's Bob Proctor's bio. Bob Proctor, born July 5th, 1934, was a Canadian self-help author and lecturer. He was best known for his New York Times bestselling book, You Were Born Rich, which was published in 1984, and a contributor to the film The Secret, which came out in 2006. Big movie. Proctor's material maintained the idea that a positive self-image is critical for obtaining success. In 1961, Bob Proctor started studying Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and it transformed his life. Bob listened to Earl Nightingale's condensed recording of the book thousands of times, and so have I. It's on YouTube. Then Bob worked shoulder to shoulder with Earl Nightingale, at the Nightingale Conant Company from 1968 to 1973 before leaving to start his own personal development company. Bob Proctor was and still is the world's foremost expert on the human mind. Throughout his material, Bob Proctor aims to have the reader or audience tap into their inner self he explains their inner self is what is controlling all that is brought into their life and that a bad self image or bad paradigm programming will lead to poor results even with training and proper education australian-based filmmaker Rhonda byrne discovered proctor's book And that led her to requesting he take a major role in the highly successful 2006 movie, The Secret, which I'm sure many of you listening have potentially watched. I'm sure many of you have. The personal development company, the Proctor Gallagher Institute, that Bob founded with Sandy Gallagher, continues on as founder Bob Proctor graduates to the next phase of his eternal journey. Bob Proctor died on February 3rd, 2022 at the age of 87. So there you go, people that's his bio and there could be so much more. I could read a whole book on Bob. I'm sure there'll be a biography coming out sometime soon. So the first video that we're going to watch together this recording is called the law of vibration and we're going to listen to bob's sweet soothing voice as he teaches us in this dimension now from the other side Bren, are you ready to hear bob <laughs> I am. and sometimes
1: his sweet and soothing voice is also rather motivational there's a little bit of uh
0: drill sergeant
1: a Little bit, you are a soul.
0: Well, we're You're gonna find not out just
1: your body. I love that. It's uh,
0: we're gonna find out, we're gonna find out, people. You're gonna Sorry hear to it spoil. yourself. We're gonna find out, people. That's coming up, and then after the first video, we'll come back and talk about it. We'll do a couple other short videos. And like I said, I urge you to check out Bob Proctor, his whole world, and the Proctor Gallagher Institute. So, here we go, people. The law. Of vibration with Bob Proctor.
2: Welcome, everyone. I think you're really going to like this, and it's something that you've really got to pay a lot of attention to. It's not something you learn overnight, but you get studying this, and you can literally have anything you want now. If you look here, I've been studying this for 60 years. Uh, I was 60 years, I started my 60th year last October. And I think, you know, this is something you should study all the time. It's not just something you study once in a while. If you look at this for a moment, I think that Neville put it very well. He said, You're only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. I want you to think about that for a moment. Really give that some thought. You're only limited by weakness of attention. Do you know, I have quoted um, Dr. Werner von Braun on numerous occasions. When John Kennedy, when he was the president of the United States, asked the good doctor, father of the space program, greatest scientist. You know, what it would take to build a rocket that'll carry a person to the moon and bring him back safely to Earth. He answered him in five words. He said the will to do it. Now, will is a mental faculty. You have perception, the will, reason, imagination, memory and intuition. These are all our higher faculties. This is what makes us who we actually are. This is what separates us from all the rest of the animal kingdom and Neville's saying, you're only limited by weakness of attention. Warner Ron Brown was telling President Kennedy, all you need is to give it your full attention, the will to do it. See, the will gives us the ability to concentrate. I don't know what you want, but I do know this. If you can think it and you can let yourself get emotionally involved with it, and you stay focused on it, you can have it. Now, that's a very basic concept, but it's not the easiest thing for most people to do. But the more you study it, the better you're going to get at it. But I love this. You're only limited by weakness of attention and poverty of imagination. You've got to activate your imagination. A lot of people just use their imagination for, gosh, I hope this doesn't happen, or I hope that doesn't happen. They're letting it go in the wrong direction. Our imagination is the most marvelous. He'll, in in Think and Grow Rich, he'll say the imagination is the most marvelous, miraculous, inconceivably powerful force that the world's ever known. It's, it'll create anything for you. It'll take you anywhere. Your imagination will take you anywhere and it'll give you anything you want. That's a beautiful thing to know. Now, you know, everyone has a story and I'm not an exception. I'd like to share my story with you, some of my story, not all of it, but some of it. And it has a lot to do with when I started to understand this law, the law of vibration. You know, The Secret talked about the law of attraction. The Secret was a runaway, it went viral, a very bestseller. It's reported a half a billion people have been impacted by the movie or the book, The Secret. Now, I was very fortunate to have a key slot in that movie. Uh, It's been often said that I'm better known in Iraq than I am in Indiana, (laughs) and uh, I think that's true. This is the primary law right here. The law of attraction starts with the law of vibration. And let's take a look at where the law of vibration starts. It starts right in your own mind, right in your own head your mind activates brain cells. And when those brain cells are activated, you're impacted. You impact the whole universe. Do you know that thought waves are cosmic waves that penetrate all time and space? Do you see, as you get studying this and as you just start to get into it in some depth, the ideas are so vast, they're so huge, yet you think, this is about me? See, I don't think, the vast majority of us, have ever been introduced to who we really are. I think that if a person started to show some promise in developing a, a healthy self-image, they were told that they were being conceited. Don't be like that. That's not the way it should be. And, of course, we get a lot of other bad information in there. But this law of vibration starts in our own marvelous mind. And... I'd recommend that you start really studying this. If you just stick with us, I what I've done, I've taken some of the most complicated material and I've reduced it to the most simplistic form because that was the only way I was gonna understand it and I had marvelous teachers that helped me get that. Now, Lincoln said something absolutely incredible. Lincoln said many things that are incredible. But he said, to believe in the things you can see and touch is no belief at all. But to believe in the unseen is a triumph and a blessing. Think of that. To believe in the things you can see and touch. We've got things we can see and touch. That's no belief at all. To believe in the unseen is a triumph and a blessing. Do you know the biggest part of you you'll never see? The real you you'll never see. Now we've got to start to we've got to start to understand this. We've got to start to get it in the right slot in our mind. We've got to realize that there's so much to us uh, that we don't, we don't really get. We don't understand. Our educational system is so lacking in teaching us who we are. You can study psychology, but most people that study psychology have never really got to know themselves. I'm talking about in depth who you really are, your relationship to the whole scheme of thing or your relationship to God. You're talking about an infinite power and you're created in that image. We have infinite potential locked up within us. What we want to do is learn how to use it for good in our life. This man changed my life probably as much as anyone in all the years I've been here. Leland Val Van De Waal, he introduced me to some enormous ideas. That's a slide of Val working in a seminar that he and I and Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Canfield started. I come up with the idea on a plane. I phoned Mark Victor Hansen. And then we got a hold of Val and Jack and got other people. And we put together a thing called the Million Dollar Forum. And the idea behind it was we were going to teach people how to earn a million dollars by setting up multiple sources of income. It was an absolutely phenomenal program. Now, we had some phenomenal teachers in that program. I mean, it was really a mind blower. It, uh, it was so good. And Val, of course, wowed them all. He's gone now, God bless him, but he, made, he had such an impact on my life. And he helped me, got me into things that I never thought of in my life. He was the one that first told me about this. He says, those who tell stories rule society. He said, learn lots of stories, Bob. Because he said, you are a story. You are a story. Now think about that. You are a story. You're a mass of energy and you function on frequencies. You are. Now think of that. You may not think of yourself that way. Then you might say, what's this got to do with anything? Well, if you really understand it, you can attract more money, all the money you want as a matter of fact. You can attract good health. You can attract great relationships. You can attract phenomenal business. I sat down on a uh, sofa in a room by myself, in a little house on Maplewood Lane in 1973, and I said, I'm gonna build a company that all op- operates all over the world. The lady that introduced us, Mikey Steller is our chief operating officer, and she's also our marketing director. And I sat down to watch television one night, which I very rarely do, and I only watched it for a few minutes, I thought, I don't want to watch this. And as I was getting up, my phone rang, and it was Mikey on the phone, this would be maybe two, three weeks ago. And she said, Bob, I just got a call from Betty. We're in every country in the world. I thought, wow. I wrote that in 1973. I was intellectually involved, and I got emotionally involved. But I was it, I was the company. There was no one else. I was by myself. That's what I wanted to do. If you don't know what you want to do, you're gonna drift. You're just gonna float around like a leaf on a windy day. You're not gonna go in anywhere. You are a mass of energy and you function on frequencies. And Val really helped me understand that. Val van der Waal had a um, very, strong spiritual understanding, and he said, Bob, if you take a picture of yourself with a Curlian camera, you're gonna see yourself as a glistening, radiating, gleaming form. Semyon Kurlian was a um, Russian photographer back in 1934, and he perfected Kurlian photography, what, what we call now Curlian photography after him. When you photograph mass, you can photograph the energy coming from it. You can photograph a a plant and you'll see there's a vibration coming from the plant. Everything vibrates. A garden rock is vibrating. Everything moves. Nothing rests. Now why am I telling you this? I'm telling you because I think it's a mighty important thing for you to really understand. You see, energy functions on frequencies and that's what you're made of. Your body is a mass of living energy. A frequency is a level of vibration. That's exactly what a frequency is. There is an infinite number of frequencies. Remember I said you can think, activate brain cells, you send off a charge of energy. Now stay with me here. This is so important, yet it's so misunderstood. There's an infinite number of frequencies. Every one of those little purple lines are a level represent a level of vibration. Now, do you know, Albert Einstein, God bless him. He sure had his act put together, didn't he? He said, everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want. And you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy, this is physics. Now, this is what we teach here at the Proctor Gallagher Institute. We teach you the primary cause of the good that you desire. You take care of the cause, the effect always takes care of itself. In fact, Emerson said the law of cause and effect. What's the most important law in the universe? I don't know if I agree with that, but he's certainly pretty close to it if he isn't right. Everything is energy. Now think, that's all there is to it. Everything is energy, everything. Match the frequency of the reality you want. Yet you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. Earl Mangiel said essentially the same thing in 1959. He brought out the strangest secret record. Right at the beginning of that recording, he talks about the good Dr. Albert Schweitzer being interviewed at London, at an airport in London when he got off a plane And they asked the good doctor, what was wrong with man today? He said, he thought about it for a while. Then he said, man simply doesn't think. We do not think. You say, well, everybody thinks. No, understand mental activity does not constitute thinking. You have five senses. You can see, hear, smell, taste, touch. When any of those five senses are affected, it causes mental activity. That is not thinking. It causes pictures to fly in your mind. That is not thinking. If you heard a siren in the background right now, you might see a fire truck or an ambulance on the screen of your mind. That's not thinking. You have higher faculties. These higher faculties, most people know little about. Oh, they hear the word every now and then. Your perception, the will, reason, imagination, memory, intuition—these higher faculties—are what literally separate us from all the rest of the animal kingdom. All the rest of the little animal kingdom—they're completely at home in their environment; they blend in. You and I are totally disoriented in our environment. We're totally disoriented. That is because we have been given the godlike ability to create our own environment. Charlie Tremendous Jones was a great man, just a phenomenal public speaker, great teacher, and always promoting books. He said that he believes that we're the we're the composite of the books we read and the people we associate with. I'm inclined to agree with him. Well, as you start to listen to Earl and the Strangest Secret, a lot of things started to happen to me. And it changed all kinds of things in my life. Now there's the two men that both ended up being mentors of mine because I I worked with them. I worked very closely with them, but it was as a result of me listening to this recording. I was listening to this recording and I thought, Yet it would be phenomenal to work with them. Well, it was in 1966. I went to visit them. And um, I decided I want to work with them. Now you see, it was what they were teach me, what Val teach me, would teach me, that helped me understand how I had done what I did. You see, Ray Stanford sat down with me and he put an R on a sheet of paper. Then he put three letters down beside it, two H's and a W. Now he said, Bob, let the R represent results. Let the two H's and a W, happiness, health, and wealth. Then he asked me if I thought he was a happy person. I said, yeah, he seemed pretty happy to me. He said, did you ever see me sick? I had to admit I hadn't. He said, did you ever see me when I was broke? I had to admit I hadn't. This guy always had money on him, <laughs> quite a bit of it. He said, Bob, you're one of the most miserable people I've ever met. Now this is in 1961. He said, you're always sick. He said, you don't have a terminal illness, but your have has got a cold or a headache or something. And he said, you're always broke. Now, he was so right. I was earning $4,000 a year. I owed $6,000. Now, I want you to think of this. At the time, I had two months high school. I um, had no business experience at all. I was 26. I'd left school when I was 15. I worked all over the place. I was in the Canadian Navy. I worked in bars and in factories. Always dumb jobs. No wonder I was Unhappy Second Broke. I studied nothing, I read nothing. He said, do you ever read anything? And I said, no, I can't read. And that's when he introduced me to this book. And he said, Bob, Napoleon Hill studied 500 of the world's most successful people over many, many years. And it was at the counseling of the richest man in the world that he did that, Andrew Carnegie. And he found there was a golden thread running through their life. And he, um, he wrote The Laws of Achievement. I have The Laws of Achievement right here. Um, pull those four over a bit. And they are right there. There's eight little books. And that was The Laws of Achievement. Now he wrote those at the request of Andrew Carnegie. Carnegie said it was a shame, like people like himself, who was the wealthiest man in the world, is going to their grave with all his knowledge locked up in their bones. He said nobody's ever organized the laws of achievement. And as a result, most people never achieve very much. And he got held to do it. Well, after he did it, then this book, The Laws of Think and Grow Rich, came out of that. And this is what I was really into studying, okay? You know that within a year, my income was at $175,000. Now, at the beginning, the end of this uh, meeting, Arash is going to be giving you a directive. And what I would suggest you do is listen very carefully to him. This is a gold card that I have my goal written on. I carry this in my pocket. Every time I put my hand in my pocket and touch that card, the picture that's in my mind flashes on the screen of my mind. I painted the picture in words on the card and it's tucked into cells in my brain. Well, that's how I went from earning 4,175 and I did it in less than a year. This is no formal education, no business experience. I had no idea what I was doing. In less than five years, I was over a million dollars a year. I had business operating in Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Cleveland, Atlanta, in, in London, England. If you asked me how I did, I, I, I had no idea. I had no idea. I have found out since it was through the repetition of what I'm talking to you about right now. The action of repeating something That has already been said or written. Look it. Ray said to me, if you read this every day, every day, your life will change. He got me to commit to doing that. I committed, I would do it. And God only knows why I've kept that commitment in my 60th year, every day. I don't read a lot of it. I just open and read something right here. That's just where I open it now. Remember, too, that all who succeed in life get off to a bad start, and they pass through many heartbreaking struggles before they arrive. The turning point in the lives of those who succeed usually comes at the moment of some crises through which <laughs> they're introduced to their other selves. Yeah, just, just read that. I mean, that's inspirational. You learn something from that. Well, 1968... I was their vice president of sales because that is something I wrote on the card. I decided I wanted to work with them. I wanted to work right beside them. And I had an office right beside the two of them This is the vice president of sales. And, you know, Earl taught me something that is so valuable. And I want to share it with you. He said, you know, Bob, there's an enormous difference between knowledge and the experience. Now, I want you to think about that, because when he sat down and explained this to me, and he said, before we agreed that you were gonna come here, Bob, to work, we checked you out. And that's when he told me, he said, you've got something very strong going for you that we need in our company. And that's when he told me, he said, there's an enormous difference between knowledge and experience. He said, you see, Bob, if we read the book, if we understand it, we can talk about what's in it. We have some knowledge. But he said, experience is totally different. Experience is when you've done it. So you just don't think this is right information. You know it's the right information. What I teach here in in our programs, I don't wonder if it works. I know it works. I'm going to be 87 in July. And I feel like I'm just getting warmed up. I have no intentions of slowing down. We are millions of dollars. We operate all over the world. And I believe we share some of the most powerful information in the world. It's not just something I've studied. It's something I did. And it was only after I did a lot of this that I got help. Because one day in London, I was thinking, how in the heck did I do this? I was actually being irresponsible. I was earning over a million dollars. I would go into the Playboy Club and play roulette on Hyde Park, right next to the Hyde, London Hilton. And I didn't care if I lost the money because I knew where the money was. And one day I thought, you know, this is being very irresponsible. And I think, how the heck did this happen to me? Because you see, I had been struggling all my life, up until I met Ray, and he gave me the book to study. I had really been struggling my whole life. Never had a half-decent job, had nothing really going for me. And here I am, owning a company that operates in seven cities, three countries. And I thought, how did it happen? And I couldn't figure it out. You see, I knew I wasn't lucky. I just, inherently, I, I just had an innate awareness that I was not lucky. And um, I had been raised to believe if you're gonna earn a lot of money, you gotta be really smart. I knew I wasn't really smart. I knew that. I knew a lot of, a lot of people thought I was, but I, I knew I wasn't really smart. And, I'd been raised to believe if you don't go to school, you can't get a good job. I hadn't gone to school and I didn't have a good job. I owned the whole company. And so I made up my mind, that I was gonna find out how my life changed. I wanted to know how it changed. And since that's what I wanted to know, that's what I started to find out. And that's where I learned the power of repetition I was sitting with a lady, Catherine Weishuppel. She's from Germany, she is in Germany. And I was sitting, I was sort of like a review meeting with her. She was a consultant at her company. And I was sitting with Gina, my assistant, and Catherine said, I believe success is 5% strategy and is 95% mindset. I had never heard that before. And I looked at her, I just intuitively knew she was right. I knew she was right. I would go back to my, when I was on the street in England, I don't even know if I knew what strategizing meant. I didn't feel bad not knowing, I mean, why would I know? I hadn't gone to school, I'd never been in business, you know? Success is 5% strategy, 95% mindset. You see, it's all about the mind. It's about your marvelous mind. Now, before tomorrow, I'm going to show you different concepts. I'm going to explain them so that if you had a 15-year-old, the 15-year-old would understand it, believe me. I pride myself in explaining things in a very simple manner. I don't want to complicate it. The people that taught it to me did that. They kept it very simple. It's about your marvelous mind. As Van Der taught me, he says, it's all in awareness, Bob. He said, there's a marvelous inner world that exists within us. And the revelation of such a world enables us to do, to attain, to achieve anything we desire within the bounds or limits of nature. Now listen, this is vitally important information. I have never really studied finance. I'm not a financial guy. I've earned millions, literally millions of dollars. I think it's the easiest thing in the world to do, but I don't know how to manage money. I really don't. And I had my own company. But, you know, if we go back to what Einstein said, if we get the picture and we get into the energy of the good we desire, you can't help it; have it manifest. Around 15 years ago, we had a lady come to the seminar who was a securities attorney. Oh, we've got a little friend here. And Sandy Gallagher was a securities attorney, very successful one. She became fascinated with what we were teaching. One thing led to another. I'm going down the road pretty fast here. And Sandy Gallagher became my business partner. Sandy is really a financial genius, she really is. She was buying and selling banks, turning banks public. Here's Bob, didn't know nothing about finance. And I attracted the perfect business partner for me. And um, I could just go ahead and do what I love doing. And I knew that our company was in good hands with that. And Sandy runs our company. She is the CEO and the president of the company. Now, why am I mentioning this? You've got to become aware that you can and will attract whatever you require to cause whatever picture you're holding in your mind to move into form. It's not an accident. There is a marvelous inner world that exists within us. And the revelation of such a world enables us to do, to attain, to achieve anything we desire within the bounds or limits of nature. Now, that law or that truth was taught to me by this man. He taught me so many things. God, I miss him. Val and I became great friends. We did a lot of work together. <laughs> I think of Val, he was a big guy. I've always been not that big. I think I was about 135 pounds and I started to work with him. We'd be out in the road and we both liked buying clothes. We'd go into a clothes store. He said, you men's clothes in here? <laughs> he was always ribbing me. He said, you know, this guy has to run around in the shower to get wet. I think what he was doing was making excuses for him being as big as he was, but sure, a great guy. Now, he's the one that woke me up, and then he introduced me to this drawing. And he said, Bob, I want you to let that represent you. And he said, the big circle represents your mind. The top half of it is your conscious mind, and the bottom half is your subconscious mind. Now, you've been reading a lot about this, but I would suspect that you're very confused when you read a lot of this stuff. I think one of the best books on the subconscious mind is Dr. Joseph Murphy's book, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. It's a phenomenal book. If you don't have it, your library is not complete. And at any rate, he taught me this drawing, and he said, when you think of yourself, you've got to have an image. You've got to understand the mind is everything in your life. You learn how to work with it. Now he said, let's look at it this way: there's the mind, and there's a positive sign and a negative sign. Now he said, that actually represents a law of polarity, the law of opposites. And he said, here, a power flowing into your consciousness. And when it flows into your consciousness, you create thoughts. You literally create thoughts from a power that flows into your conscious mind. You can originate thoughts. You can think something that no one has ever, ever thought before. You have a unique ability to do this. It's the thoughts that you think in your conscious mind that you impress upon your subconscious mind that causes you to feel the way you feel. Feeling is conscious awareness of vibration. Those feelings are expressed with and through your physical body. That causes the action which produces a result. Now, getting them all lined up is called attitude. Now, some people line up on the negative side. They're gonna see what's wrong, and you know something, they're right. (laughs) There's something wrong. Other people go on the positive side. They see what's good, and they're right. There's something good. You can find what's right or wrong in anything, doesn't matter what you're looking at. If you want to find what's wrong with my presentation, just keep looking, take a pen and pencil because you're gonna get busy. Or if you want to look at what's right, look at that. There's a power flowing into our consciousness and we have the ability to think anything we want to think. And it's the thoughts we think that causes the feelings because we get emotionally involved with them that causes the body to move into action and produce results. Now, this drawing is without question so valuable and so misunderstood. And he went on to explain more about the conscious mind. He says, that's your thinking mind, Bob. Problem with most people is they don't think. They really don't think. Mental activity never constitutes thinking. I remember when he said that I never forgot it. He said, that is your thinking mind. It's also referred to as the educational mind. This is you I'm talking about. Now as I keep building this idea, you're really gonna get to know yourself, the world you live in, and the laws that govern your being a lot better. Yet as you understand yourself a lot better, you're gonna find your finances are gonna improve, your health is going to improve, your relationships are gonna improve, your whole world starts to get better. The educated mind is also referred to sometimes as the intellectual mind. That's where all the intellectual factors are. Remember I told you what they were? You had perception, the will, reason, imagination, memory, and intuition. There's six of them. They are our mental muscles. And as you start to understand how to develop them, you can become a very powerful person. If you've ever been in a seminar I've been in, you know that I can walk up to a person, I can tell them all about themselves. Everything that goes on the inside shows on the outside. It's your intuitive factor that enables you to read that. We hide nothing. And I always do this in a seminar to show off a little bit. I want to really get your attention, see what I can do. But then what I really want to do is say, if I can do it, you can do it. See, we watch other people do things, and we become fascinated if they're doing it really well. What we want to understand, if we want to do it, we can do what they're doing. The subconscious mind is your emotional mind. When you're emotionally upset, you've got the wrong ideas being fed into that part of your mind. Now, over here on the side, because you can think, you have the ability to choose, and because you can choose, you can accept or reject everything that comes down the road, everything. God, there's a lot of crazy information coming at us through TV, newspapers, radio, television, just overhearing restaurants in conversations if you can get into a restaurant. You can accept or reject everything, and then you have the ability, you can originate. Now the subconscious mind doesn't have the ability to do all those things. All those magnificent abilities are in the conscious mind. The subconscious, it must accept whatever you give to it, must. It has no ability to reject and get this. It's what you impress upon your subconscious mind that ultimately turns into results in our life. This is where we want to get our imagination going in high gear. Your subconscious mind cannot differentiate between what you've imagined and what's real. It has no ability to differentiate between the two. Unfortunately, most people imagine what's wrong. They think of what they don't want rather than what they do want. Now look here for a moment. Let's take that knowledge and we'll say this is you today. There's information coming at you today and it is Terrible information. And it's flowing into your conscious mind. Now you have the ability to think, you have the ability to reject that. You can say, get out of here. And they all go away. But you know something? Most people don't do that. You Want to know what they do? This is what they do. They're not thinking at all. Their subconscious mind is wide open. And that information goes right into the subconscious mind. Remember what we said about the subconscious? It has no ability to reject. All that negative information. Why do we leave the mind open like that? It's our paradigm. It's how we're programmed. We're literally programmed to live that way. Who who did this? Why did they do this? Well, let's take a look. Just close the window on that for a minute. Let's go over here. This is you as an infant. Now, the more you understand this, the more you're going to be able to put tomorrow's lesson to work because I'm going to get in and I'm going to show you how you attract whatever you're in harmonious vibration with. This is you as an infant. Your subconscious mind was wide open when you arrived on the scene. I don't care what language was spoken around you. That's the language you learned. If there was more than one language spoken around you, you would learn more than one language. You see, everything that was going on around you, all the love, the hate, the prejudice, it was all programmed right into your subconscious mind. It's like in the song. A person has to be taught to love and hate. They must be taught before they're six or eight, before it's too late. You see, a child's mind is wide open. The child is being programmed, first of all, they were programmed genetically. That's why the child looks like they look. That's genetic conditioning. You see, it's a little bit of energy from mom and a little bit of energy from dad that formed the nucleus of you. And when those energies came together, that was the start of you. And then 280 days later, you made your day to view on the planet. But over that 280 days, there was a lot of programming going on. There's genetic program and now there's envir- environmental program. And the paradigm, here we are, years later. People, you know, They've learned all kinds of information, but they're not doing it. The paradigm is in control. You see, the paradigm is, um, it's, it's something most people don't understand it's something everyone should understand. Every one of us has gathered an abundance of knowledge covering numerous subjects. However, most of what we've learned has very little, if anything, to do with our paradigm. Therefore, we frequently don't do what we already know how to do. I maintain that everyone that can hear my voice already knows how to at least double your income. Now, you may be thinking, oh, that's not true. Oh, yeah. Listen, trust me. I've been there. I've done that. I've worked with thousands of people. I know how it works. We have superior knowledge, inferior results, that causes confusion and frustration. Now let's put our model up here and take a look. Here's a person here, they've got all this knowledge in their mind. They go to school, they get a ton of knowledge. But you know something? The knowledge doesn't match the results. Why is it that a person with a great formal education, worked in a good company for maybe 30 years, is struggling to meet a mortgage payment. Explain that to me. How does that work? They've gone right through our educational system. We're very dedicated to employees for maybe 30 or 40 years, and they're having difficulty making a mortgage payment. Doesn't make sense, does it? Well, all they know isn't working for them because the paradigm is in control of them. Their results are nothing but an expression of the paradigm. That's all that conditioning that took place before they could even think. If you want to change your results, it's essential that you change the paradigm. That's absolutely essential. So, as we get into the law of attraction tomorrow and show you how, it's just an extension of the law of vibration, I would recommend you study it pretty closely because you see, you do have a paradigm. Oh, I do, everyone has. A paradigm is a mental program that has almost exclusive control over our habitual behavior. And think of this. Almost all of our behavior is habitual. Something to really understand. Now let's take a look at this. You, and create your own economy. You can create the life you really want. Nothing tricky about it. Energy functions on frequencies, remember we said that? A frequency is a level of vibration. There's an infinite number of vibrations, of levels of vibrations, of frequencies, an infinite number. Let's take a look again at what Albert Einstein said. So beautiful. Study this very carefully. Everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want. Yet you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This isn't a philosophy, it's physics. Look, at when I sat down and wrote out that we would have, our company would operate all over the world, Then I went to work. I had the idea, Mikey phones me. Now that was in 1973, it was just a couple of weeks ago that she phoned. She's wearing every country in the world. Here's the trick. Decide what kind of a life you actually want. Quit fooling around with your life. It's too short. Then say no to anything that isn't that. Decide what kind of a life you actually want. Then say no to everything that isn't that. Now look here. Wants are where it starts. You know where wants come from? I'm going to tell you. Look at me. You have at the center of your being. Your spiritual DNA is perfect. There's perfection within us. Now that perfection has so much junk on top of it that we call a paradigm that it has difficulty expressing itself. That spiritual perfection within us is always seeking expression with and through us. That's why we always want more. Now, when I was a little kid, my grandmother said, You always want more. You should be satisfied with what you've got. Grandma was an angel of God, but she was wrong. You should never be satisfied. Dissatisfaction is a creative state. It's dissatisfaction that causes you to reach, to stretch. What do you really want? What do you really want? That comes from the essence of who you are. Now that's not to get. Getting is nice too. That gives you greater physical comfort. You can have all the good you desire. I I was talking to a friend of mine earlier this morning. He said something just about blew my mind. I loved it. I wrote it down. He was saying it's his girlfriend's birthday this week. I know his girlfriend didn't have a week's birthday, but he said, we're celebrating it all week we're having a birthday lifestyle. He said, we've already got a birthday lifestyle. and I love that. That's what you want. You want to have a birthday lifestyle. Everyday celebration. What do you want? The want is not to get. That's a side benefit. The want is to grow. It's for you to bring more of you to the surface. You're God's highest form of creation. The wants turn into desire. Desire comes from the Latin "desire" to give birth to the children, to give birth to the idea. The want creates the desire. The more you feed the desire, the stronger it becomes. Desire is the effort of the unexpressed possibility within seeking expression without through your action. The desire is what moves into form. Now, that's where you're going. That's what you want to do. It's all vibration. It all has to do with energy.
0: And we're back after the first video. That was pretty incredible. Tail end of Bob's life. 60 years at that point. And... He touched on a lot of his key teachings, the things that I would say were exclusive or at least signature Bob Proctor teachings. So it was a really good video, but I urge you to dig deeper and we're still going to dig deeper. There's a couple more videos we're going to check out and listen to these recordings. He was 86 in that last recording and he passed away. He graduated when he was 87. So that was right at the tail end of his life and he was still crushing it. So as you go back in his career, there's all different stages of his energy level, his presentation. He uses different methods during different eras and it's just really amazing. He really teaches some really good stuff. Bryn, what did you think about that? You took some notes, as you always do. What did you think about that? Just kind of overview. That seemed like an overview of the Bob core concepts. What do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that it was kind of a recap. He went, he touched on all of the things that he talks about. He talked about how there are an endless number of frequencies and you know, whatever frequency you're on is what you are going to attract. I love the quote from Albert Einstein that he used, um, which was just summed up very quickly. Something that he would talk about for days and days about, you know, match the frequency of the reality you want and you can't help but get it. And then if you go dig into YouTube, you can find where he'll spend you know, an entire 48 hours on that one quote, um, breaking down exactly what that means and exactly how to process that and work with that energy. Um, And then he talks about, you know, the difference between thinking and just the subconscious mind and the conscious mind and how we have to be really careful about how our subconscious mind is just working on automatic and whatever is Put into your subconscious mind is what, you know, that's all your subconscious mind can work with. And so it's up to you to be careful about what you feed it and to right. program it in a way that you want so that it's not just, you know, running on a autopilot.
0: Yeah, essentially getting programmed from outside sources. You have to actually, like he said, say, go away almost in a way like consciously reject the information that's coming in. Notice that it's happening. Wow, I'm being programmed by that billboard, by that magazine, by that idea, by that concept that's being pushed on me from a neighbor, from a coworker. I don't agree with that concept. I can consciously I don't know enough about it. I, I can consciously understand what they're saying and I'm choosing to accept or reject that.
1: Absolutely. And one of the authors that I know he learned from, James Allen, who wrote the Small great little pocket book you can carry around with you everywhere and read a million times as a man thinketh, so is he. And, you know, in the title, whatever you think about, you become whatever you work with is what happens. And there's so much more to that statement. Um, It's a pretty profound statement if you think about it.
0: Yeah. And we're going to check out some more, Bob. Bob is going to tell us even more. And really, one of his core concepts that he talks about and teaches about is the power of paradigms and how good paradigms, good yes. habits, shape our results, and we have to consciously take control of creating those paradigms and 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 programming ourselves, and then how these paradigms can also destroy us, like Bryn was saying, if they're coming out from outside sources. And you're letting them sneak past your conscious mind. And then all of a sudden you have these thoughts, these ideas that aren't coming from you. They're coming from somewhere else. And they're forming unfunctional, dysfunctional views or behaviors or even just responses or reactions. It's something that's even generational. You could be passing it down to your children. These paradigms could have been passed down to you. But there is a way to change the paradigms. And what is necessary to change the paradigms is repetition. This is so huge. This is a huge thing. So there's only one way to reprogram yourself, and that is the repetition of new information. So sometimes people talk about mantras. You can think about how they're repeating these spiritual concepts and pushing them into their subconscious mind to resonate with it, to become one with it. But really you can use that same formula to reprogram yourself in other ways. And repetition is what it takes. So you get this information, whether you're reading it in a book, maybe you read the same book 75 times. Maybe you read the same book 750 times, that's where the repetition comes into play. It's even better with audio recordings. You listen to the same recording hundreds of times, thousands of times, and it burrows into your subconscious. It's information that you're consciously letting into your subconscious, and that's shaping a new paradigm for you, which is then creating new results in your life. Brynn, did you want to say something about that?
1: That was a great description of what repetition can do to change a paradigm. I just wanted to back up for a second about what is a paradigm. Bob says that a paradigm is a mental program with exclusive control over behavior. And most of our behavior is habitual. And so just thinking like, okay, what are these paradigms? It's like, it's anything. It's saying I it's, it's something that, decides what your reality is. And it's something that can limit you if you're not aware of what it is. I live in this certain place, therefore I can only do this. I was brought up this way, therefore I'm this. I am this kind of person, therefore this. Like anything that leads you down a dead end road is a subconscious paradigm that stops you in your tracks. That doesn't allow your imagination to be endless. It, it's a, a limiting factor. And so that is where the repetition of consciously changing that paradigm comes in. I would like to do this. I can do this. I am going for this. I will do this. And you leave the rest of, I can't because of how I was brought up or where I come from or what education I have.
0: Yeah, these limiting concepts is what you're saying. You get programmed with these limiting concepts and the programs shape our perception. The paradigms shape our perception. So we change our perception. We change the way we look at things. We input new information, push it through repetition into our subconscious, then the paradigm shifts and then we're in a different reality because the paradigms also create reality. But this video that we're going to watch now, this is Bob talking about why repetition is necessary when changing paradigms because it's the only way. It's the repetition of new information. So here we go. Bryn. are you ready for another video? This one's a lot shorter, people. Don't worry. (laughs) I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Firing the rocka.
2: Now, for the next few minutes, I want to talk about you. I want you to just think about you for a moment. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about how you're living versus how you'd really like to live. You see, pay close attention to what we're doing and you're going to find out that you can actually create your own economy. Now, I learned that many years ago when a man told me, he said, Bob, if you'll read this book and do exactly what I tell you, you can have anything you want. Now, I did not believe that, but after talking to him for a while, I believed he believed. I was happy, he was healthy, he was wealthy. I was unhappy, I was sick, and I was broke. I had no formal education, I had no business experience. He said, that doesn't matter, Bob. What's happened in the past is the past. What happens in the future is based on the decisions you make. Now, I said, I know how to earn money. I know how to be happy, and I know how to stay healthy. If you'll do exactly what I tell you, your life will change. Well, you know, it did. Over the next year, I multiplied my income. In fact, my life changed so much. I made a decision on one thing. From that point on, I would always have a mentor. I would have some kind of a coach, and I would pick someone that knows how to do what I want to do. And then I'd do exactly what they told me. And that's what I've done. And I've been doing that now for over half a century. I sat down and took a pen out one day and said, I'm going to build a company that operates all over the world. Well, right now I'm broadcasting all over the world. and I'm gonna show you how you can really make things happen. Growth is a normal part of life. If something's not growing, it's dying. Now, if we're gonna grow, there's one thing we're gonna have to do, we're gonna have to change. We cannot stay where we are and get better results. It just doesn't work. Now, this man said to me, Bob, you change your paradigm and you'll change your life. I didn't even know what paradigm was. I certainly didn't know how to spell it, didn't understand it. He said, let me show you what a paradigm is. He said, you told me that you wanted to earn more money. That's all I wanted. I figured if I had enough money, my problems would go away. See, I was earning a little bit and I owed a lot. I owed everybody money. And I couldn't seem to get out of debt. I just couldn't seem to do it. I'd pay one bill and another one would pop up. Well, he said, let me tell you something. There's two things that you must know if you're going to create wealth. They're not difficult, anybody can learn them. You have to know where you are, you have to know where you're going, and then you've got to get moving in that direction. Now, this is so simple and so obvious that when you start studying this, you're going to ask yourself, why are so many people stuck? And I'm going to tell you, a lot of people are stuck. Most people get the same result this year as they got last year. Oh, it may have fluctuated a little bit, but not very much. Do you know, with the potential we've got, we should double, triple, quadruple our, our potential, our, our right results, because, We're God's highest form of creation. We've got mental powers that would blow you away as you start to study them. So the obvious answer is then, well, people mustn't have goals. And I suppose that's true in a lot of cases, but I think a lot of people have goals, they just don't know how to get them. I don't think that's where the problem is. The problem's over here in understanding where we are. And most people really don't understand where they are. Well, they know where they are, physical, you know, I'm standing in the middle of a field and a farm and so, on. I'm walking down a main street and, Fifth Avenue in New York. They know where they are physically, but mentally they don't know where they are. They don't know why they keep getting the same results over and over and over. They keep same reoccurring problem. Well, he said, I'm going to tell you why. He says, because of paradigms, because of paradigms. And then he said, Bob, you've got to learn to control the flow of the thought energy, and you have got to let it flow freely to and through you, and it'll improve everything that it connects with. See, there's an energy flowing to and through us. I'm not gonna take the time to go into it here, but you can actually photograph the energy leaving a body. I think you may have seen that or heard of it. It's called Curlian photography. A man named Semyon Curlian, back in 1934 in Russia, perfected form of photography, where you can photograph mass and you can photograph the energy coming from it. This thing we're living in is a massive energy. Do you know there's about 11 million kilowatt hours per pound potential energy locked up in the electrons and the atoms of our body? It's, we're just walking dynamos. We don't understand how to direct it. Well, let's take a look. What is a paradigm? A paradigm is a mental program that has almost, I say almost, exclusive control over our habitual behavior. Now think of this for a moment. Almost all of our behavior is habitual. So what we're really saying is that paradigms are controlling our life. We're not controlling our life at all. Now consider this. People go to school, they gather all kinds of information, they may have degrees, come right off the end of their business card. So they're not lacking in the smarts department, in the intellect department. They've got the knowledge, they're not using it. Why do so many people graduate from university, deep in depth from going to university, and they can't find work? How could you have all that knowledge and not find work? How could you have all that knowledge and be broke? Well, I'm telling you why, it's because of paradigms. Now this is an interesting subject, and this is a black and white matter. This isn't, there's no gray matter here. It doesn't matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter how many hours you put in. Now, I've been working at this for over 50 years. I'm very familiar with it. If the paradigm does not change, ultimately the results will remain much the same from one year to the next. And that's really what happens to most people. If you only remember one thing I'm saying, I want you to burn this into your mind. When paradigms stay in control, nothing changes. Now you can try as hard as you want to change some area in your life. If the paradigm remains in control, it's your toast. It just will not work. So we gotta ask ourselves some questions. How do we control the flow? Well, we've got the ability to choose. We've got phenomenal mental faculties. What is a paradigm shift? What is it? Well, it's an interesting thing. When we really cause the paradigm shift, everything happens. Now we're doing a program, it's called a paradigm shift. It's a seminar. I don't care where you are in the world, I can come right onto your pad, right onto your computer, right onto your phone, anywhere in the world where there's an internet connection, and you can attend a seminar that I'm doing with Sandy Gallagher on paradigms. It is a powerful program, and we're coming right into your home. Now, what is it? It's a resourceful environment that we create where people from all over the world collaborate, they mastermind, and explore opportunities while developing financial independence by setting up multiple sources of income. Look at that phrase right at the bottom of the slide. Multiple sources of income. Way back, many years ago, I was trying to figure out what do wealthy people do that's so different? I've met wealthy people who were absolutely brilliant and you could understand why they're wealthy. But I've met other people who aren't very bright at all. And they're also wealthy. So it's a a cross-section of people. You'll find men and women. You'll find young and old. You'll find from every nation, every culture, you'll find the wealthy and poor. Well, what is the concept? Wealthy people almost without exception I say almost because I don't know for certain if everybody does, but I'm inclined to think they do. They have multiple sources. They don't have one source of income. They have many sources of income. I have sources of income from all over the world because I've set up a company that operates all over the world, but we show you how to do that too. You can. You can earn money while you're sleeping. I did last night and I will tonight and you can too. There's only two ways, two known ways to change a paradigm, just two. Go ask any psychologist, any psychiatrist. The paradigm is like a program in our mind that controls our behavior. Doesn't matter how much we know, our behavior is controlled by the paradigm. Now the first way is the constant spaced repetition of ideas that are essentially the opposite of the paradigm. Now the other way, it doesn't happen very, on, very often. That's the personal experience of an emotional impact. I'll give you an example. 9-11 in New York, the building's coming down. That was an emotional impact. Not for me. Probably not for you. It was a terrible thing that everybody would agree. It was an absolute catastrophe. It was a paradigm shift for the people that were involved in that area. When that happened, That whoo, their lives changed. The family of people that were killed there. Paradigm shift. That doesn't happen often. You can count on the other one. A constant space repetition. I'm going to show you why. Now look at this for a moment. Why repetition is necessary when changing paradigms. Now, you've probably attended a paradigm shift seminar. Go back and attend another one, and another one, and another one. I started to read this book 57 years ago. I'm still reading it. I have a book here open on my desk. Get this over here. Let me grab it. Ah. Let's change that here. I have it open. I've been reading this, these two pages, for three months. Because I know that's how paradigms change. It's repetition that actually changes it. Now here's why, I want you to look at this for a moment. Let the white line that I'm gonna put on here represent the sound of my voice. The red line represents you listening to the sound of my voice. The white line represents my voice. Now think, so you go along and you're listening. Now there's a difference between listening and hearing. You can hear me. And not listen to me. Kids are like that with their parents. Most people are like that with their spouse. They hear them, but they're not listening to them. And so they're in trouble. <laughs> you know, that's the way it works. So think of what I'm saying again. The white line represents the sound of me talking, the red line represents you listening to me talking. Now I'll go along and I'll be explaining something: a bang, an ideal hit. Where do you go? You go off on a thought trip. You see. Those lines are what we call a thought frequency. And you'll be up here and you'll be thinking about that idea that hit your mind. All the while, the white line's still going, I'm still talking, but you don't hear it. You do hear it, you don't listen to it. And then you come back down and you start listening again. And you go along and bang, another idea hits and away you go on another thought trip. So you see, that is why we can listen to the same thing over and over And you'll say, I never heard that on there before. I never heard that before. You could be reading it in a book and say, I don't ever remember seeing that in the book. That is because you would be reading, your eyes are going, but your mind is off somewhere else. Now think of this. If you see those red dots and they represent at the point in the seminar when you took an idea and you started to think about it. Let's suppose you come back to it again. Let's start, tear all this down for a moment and we'll just leave the dots on there. Okay, Now, what do you suppose the odds are of you stopping on that idea the next time you hear the same thing? It isn't going to happen. You're going to come down there. You see, the odds of you stopping at the same point, you're not going to do it. So you're only getting emotionally involved in the idea once, and then you get another idea at another place. Through repetition, everything in your life starts to change. Now, I never knew that, but I started to read this book And then I started to listen to our recording of Earl Nightingale's Bible way back in 1961. I was so fascinated with what Earl was talking about, I couldn't stop listening to it. Ten years later, I was living in England. I was earning over a million dollars a year. I had business in seven different cities in Canada, the US, and England. I was earning all kinds of money. And I started to ask myself, how did this happen? And I could not figure it out. I'd been raised to believe if you're gonna earn a lot of money, you've got to be really smart. I knew I wasn't that smart, but I was earning a lot of money. I was raised to believe if you don't go to school, you can't get a good job. I didn't have a good job. I owned the whole company. So then I started to think, well, a lot of the stuff I believe isn't even true. And then I started to think, how the heck did I change? And so I started to study. It took me about nine and a half years. And when I figured it out, all I wanted to do was teach it. And I reasoned it was because of the repetition. I kept listening to this material. I kept, I was starting with records. And then we get into cassettes and on and on it goes, and then we're online. But it's the repetition of hearing the same thing over and over and over again. And that's what happens to people. That's why almost all welfare recipients are third, fourth, fifth generation welfare recipients. That's all they heard when they were a kid. They were programmed with it at a very early age by the people around them. That's why we learn the language we learn. Can you imagine where you'd be if I said, hi, my name's Bob, what's yours? You wouldn't know your name if your mother or dad just told you once. They tell you over and over and over and over. And pretty soon, they'll say, Bob, and you'll you start recognizing. He spent his whole life, Hill did, Napoleon Hill, studying successful people. He said, all successful people make decisions very fast, they change them very slow, if no when they change them at all. I want you to decide right now that you're going to do this. You're going to do it. You're going to build a new model. Buckminster Fuller, the man that built the geodesic dome, he said something interesting. He said, you never change things by fighting existing reality. To change things, you build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. You're gonna figure out how to build a new model, how to live the life you want. We're God's highest form of creation. Do you know that all the other little creatures on the planet are completely at home in their environment? They blend in. Think about it. Little birds, squirrels, deer, they blend into their environment. You and I are the only creature on the planet that's totally disoriented in our environment. And that is because we've been given the ability to create our own environment. We can sit down, we can take a pen, and we can decree our own destiny. Now, you've probably been struggling with the results trying to change them. Fuller said, you don't do that. You don't change your existing reality. It's the way it is. It just is that way, but it doesn't have to stay. You change something by building a new model that makes the existing model obsolete.
0: Okay. And we're back. And that was some unique information that wasn't in the first video, really focusing on paradigms like Bryn was just talking about and really helping people understand how to reprogram yourself and replace those negative paradigms with positive paradigms and why repetition is so important. So that was really amazing. I really enjoyed that. Brian, did you enjoy that one?
1: I did. Yeah, that was great. I think the point that caught me was when he was talking about how much potential energy is in a human. And it we have so much more energy than we realize and it's about directing it.
0: Yes using your consciousness to direct the mind to move that energy through the body into action with desire and so many other forces. And we're going to listen to one more recording. And of course there is some overlapping info. There's always going to be overlapping info when you study Bob Proctor.
1: That's the repetition, right?
0: That is the repetition that gets it in there. And that's what changed me. That's why we're <laughs> listening to this podcast. There wouldn't be Midnight on Earth if there wasn't Bob Proctor. I'll tell you that. Okay. He helped to inspire me to just create. So here we go. This is the next recording. It's not very long and it's from an earlier stage in Bob Proctor's career. And this is about self image. Really, psycho cybernetics is what it is called, and he explains that, and just how important self-image is, and and by maintaining a positive self-image, you can help manifest the life and the world that you want, and the co-creative world that we all want together. The collective self-image. You improve your self-image, then other people improve their self-image. Bryn, are you ready for Bob Proctor tribute round three? I'm ready. Okay, here we go.
2: Hello there and welcome. I am going to explain an idea that every child should learn before they even go to school. And yet, most people go right through their life and never really understand it. Dr. Maxwell Maltz, around 1960, said it was the greatest psychological discovery of his generation. It's on self image. Do you see? You and I have an image of ourself. It's how we see ourselves. I know there's a reflection come back from the mirror. I can see me. That's a reflection of my physical being. But that's not how I see me. I see me in my mind. And it's based on information that I have on me. Now, some people have a lot of false information, so they've got a very false self-image. Around 1960, Dr. Maxwell Maltz, wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. Cybernetics Cybernetics was a new idea. Cybernetics was something that was discovered around the Second World War by a physicist and a a mathematician, Weiner and Rosenbluth. They didn't even have a name for it. And it was used for uh, heat-seeking missiles. And they pointed out that cybernetics is the science of control and communication in the animal and in some machines. And what it does, it measures deviation from a set goal, sends information into a coordinating mechanism that'll correct the output and keep whatever it is moving towards the goal. Well, do you know you have a cybernetic mechanism locked up in you? Now, that may, what I've just said, may not make any sense to you at all. But before you finish watching this video, it's going to make a lot of sense. Now, if you've heard me speaking at any any event or in any video or audio, You've heard me talking about paradigms. Paradigms are, are uh, nothing but a multitude of ideas, a multitude of habits that are fixed in the treasury of our subconscious. Paradigms are partly genetic and partly environmental. In other words, it, it's built, the ideas are built right into the genes at birth. That's why we look so much like our relatives. So when we tie all these together, it makes a very interesting story. And I'm going to ask you to sit back, take notes if you want, but really pay attention. If you have kids in school, this is critical. If you're in sales, your sales will skyrocket. Relationships, just anything that you're going to do is dependent on how you see you. So let's think about it. Cybernetics and paradigms. Very, very interesting subject. Cybernetics and paradigms are both control systems that operate essentially on the same principle. Both maintain a definite course of action and will not deviate from the course that has been established. You must alter the paradigm to achieve the result that you desire. Now think about that for a moment. You'll see people stuck at a certain level. Go ask any sales manager to give you the names of their salespeople, and they can tell you what those salespeople are gonna do next month and next year. Why? Because they're programmed. They just come in about the same. Maybe up and down a little, but they come in about the same. How about athletes? Every coach will tell you exactly how they're gonna play. There's patterns. They're called habitual patterns. Well, that's a paradigm. Now, this is a beautiful concept, so let's understand it. Cybernetics and paradigms, all right? there's a thermostat. Now, a thermostat in your home is a cybernetic instrument. Now, I live in Toronto, so a good part of the year it gets pretty cold there. Um, other parts of the year it gets pretty warm. But in the winter, you would have your thermostat set to control the room temperature at around 70 degrees. Now, you could be sitting there reading a book or something and all of a sudden you feel a draft around your feet and And you're starting to feel a little cool, and you think, what's going on? So you go and look at the thermometer, and you notice that the temperature is not 70. It's dropped to 65 degrees. You start to investigate. You think, what's wrong? And you'll notice the front door's open. Now, it used to be, when I was a little boy, you'd go and check on the furnace, because maybe the furnace had gone out. And you'd have to shake all the ashes down and build another fire and get it going again. Not today. Today we've got cybernetic mechanisms hooked up to our heating system. You see, the thermostat measures the deviation from the set goal. What was the set goal? The set goal is 70. But the temperature is at 65. Things have changed. The thermostat sends a message to the furnace, and automatically the fire's turned on. The fan's turned on, and the temperature starts to rise. And it gets up to 66, 67, 68, 69. And it'll take it right back until it's back on course at 70 degrees. And then the fire and the fan are turned off. Now think of that. And it all happens automatically. That's a cybernetic mechanism. Interesting, isn't it? Do you know you've got a cybernetic mechanism in you? Let's look at it another way. Let's look up at the sky. Here's a big plane. Now, the... Automatic pilot on a commercial plane is a cybernetic instrument. That's exactly what it is. And you see, a flight pattern is programmed into the plane's computer system. When the plane goes off course, the cybernetic system measures the deviation from the set goal and it corrects the flight pattern. The plane is brought back on course. It's correct, 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 correct. You know, a rocket going to the moon is of course 97% of the time. Let's take a look at it from a different perspective. There's a plane leaving Chicago, and it's flying to Paris. Now, when the plane leaves the vicinity, it's just getting off the ground, you see the wheels are still down, it's just getting up there, the automatic pilot is flipped on. The pilot could come back and have dinner with you. Now, they don't leave the cockpit, but they're not necessarily doing it. It's all done automatically. And you see, when that plane's flying along, it gets hit by some turbulence, It gets knocked off course. Do you know what happens? The cybernetic mechanism cuts in. It's activated, and it puts the plane back on course again. It all happens automatically. Pilot doesn't even have to do anything. But ultimately, although it goes off course and gets knocked back on course, it ends up in Paris. Now think about that for a moment. Here's you, and you have locked into your subconscious mind, a self-image. And that self-image operates like a uh, cybernetic mechanism, okay? Your self-image is a cybernetic instrument. Now, let's suppose your self-image is that you are overweight. No, you don't talk about it, you don't want anybody else to talk about it, but inside you feel you're overweight. And you just get to a point where you can't handle it anymore, so you make a decision, I'm going to go on a diet, and you instantly move into action. And what happens? Well, you start to lose weight. Why? You're starving yourself. You don't eat anything white, you know, and on and on we go. No more chocolate. Why? Because they make you fat. That's not what makes you fat. It's the image that makes you fat. If you had a skinny image, you could eat all the chocolate in the world. you just pass off what's not needed for the manifestation of the image through your eliminative system. Eliminative system is one of the systems in your body. Now here's the point. When a person who is overweight goes on a diet without changing or altering the self image, any weight loss is temporary. That's why people gain and lose tons in a lifetime. Say they lose it, you're automatically programmed to find whatever you lose. The self image, being a cybernetic instrument, measures the deviation from the said goal and immediately corrects the course. The weight that was lost will be found. You see, you look at the scales, you don't relate. That's not really me. That's <laughs> not really me. So what happens? The weight's put back on again. Isn't that interesting? I know. If you have a weight problem, you're saying, damn, I never knew that. Well now you do know it. But you see, if you're going to change the weight, you've got to change the paradigm. That's what our company's all about. We help people change paradigms. We help them live in the body they want to live in. I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm at my perfect weight. I'm looking good, and I'm feeling great. You can do that. You can live the way you want to live. You're God's highest form of creation. Where's another area that we could use? Well, you can use it in any area. Let's take a, uh, uh, a child in school. Now, this is all in uh, psycho Dr. Maxwell Maltz's book. And, and here's something else. What's the point of making heroic vows of amendment if the same old lawbreakers can to keep them? I am going to take the weight off. But you don't change the lawbreaker, the paradigm. Emerson was right. Of what use to make heroic vows of amendment if the same old lawbreaker is gonna keep them? Let's look at a student in school, all right? Now, there's the subconscious mind, okay? And the student, the image, child has an image. You see, the child's self-image is a cybernetic instrument. That's exactly what it is. And the child has an image of poor grades. This is biographical, by the way, because that's the image I used to have. And I got them, sure did get them. And you see, when a person is receiving poor grades in school, it's, it's an expression of a self-image. It's the self-image they hold that they're expressing. The person believes they are not very bright. They, of course, receive a report card that reflects the poor image that they've got. And they take the report card home, and there's trouble in River City. I mean, I lived with this all the time I was in school. The child's grounded. They're made to study. Now what the parent doesn't know and what the child doesn't know is really rather sad. See, the child cram, 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 and the marks go up. But what the parent and the child do not understand, the parent is unaware that the real problem has the child, they have them give up recreational activities, they make them study, the grades improve, but the improvement's temporary. Why? The child has never changed the self-image. The parent doesn't even understand self-image in most cases, and certainly the child doesn't. And so what happens? Well, they got a good test. When the report card comes out, nothing's changed. Now, why would people live that way? They live that way because they don't know any different. And that is rather sad. See, we should learn to live the way we really want to live. We've got to understand this concept of Self-image of cybernetics of paradigms. You know, um, Oscar Wilde said something really beautiful one time. He said, selfishness is not living as one wishes to live. Selfishness is asking others to live as one wishes to live. You've got to develop the courage. You've got to develop the awareness, the wisdom to live the way you really want to live. Life is very short, and it's over very fast. And you can have, do, or be anything you want. You're God's highest form of creation. If you really want to check in to programs that will change the course of your life forever, understand this. Myself and my associates in our company spend all their time studying this. I have personally been studying it for over 50 years. We have some of the best programs in the world. Some of them run for a week, some run for a year. Some run for an hour every day. But I'll tell you this, they'll have you running in the direction that you want to go for the rest of your life. Leave us your information, let us talk to you. And absolutely refuse to spend another day living the way someone else wants you to live so that they're gonna be happy with you. See, most people live the way they think, other people think they should live. At the very best, that's going to be a bad trip. This is your life, make it phenomenal experience.
0: It's Bob Proctor, thank you. Well, what a great way to end it and just cap off some more Bob Proctor unique perspective and knowledge. That was Bob Proctor signing off into the next phase of his journey. If you are interested in Anything that Bob teaches, of course, there's endless information on YouTube, endless videos. And then the Proctor Gallagher Institute, that's where Bob was just prior to his passing. He was working. He didn't stop working up until the day he graduated. And now his business partner, Sandy Gallagher, is taking over. So the Proctor Gallagher Institute exists. So if you're interested in this, go check that out, check out everything. And what I found helpful was when I listened to Bob's recordings or watched his videos and he would bring up a book. I would write that book title down, go and get that book and read that book. When he brought up a speaker or someone that influenced him in some way, I would go study that person. And by doing that, it unlocked a whole new level of information for me, which then led me to a whole new level of my own personal development. Bryn, what did you think of this final video of Bob Proctor? How did it make you feel? knowing that he's graduated and he's still teaching us. How how what did you think about that last one? Psycho cybernetics.
1: Yeah. Well, first I just wanted to touch on what you just said. I think that that's really great advice and something I have done as well is to study who he studied when he brings up, you know, someone that he found to be really knowledgeable or really changed the way he thought about things is to go find that book, find that author um because they all explain it in different ways and i found that some of the people he recommended really spoke to me and sometimes i understood that person more than i even understood him or you know understood one person more than another so i think that's a really great um, piece of advice there is to check out the people that he learned from.
0: Yes, definitely Earl Nightingale, Napoleon Hill, so many people.
1: Yeah, Wallace D. Waddles was huge for me. Also, Ralph Waldo Trine, uh, Genevieve Behrens. She was really great. Uh, And there's so many. But anyway, as you hear him speak, he definitely always gives credit to the teachers that he had and people who inspired him as far as that little lecture i think it's just another great reminder that your thermostat is set and it's going to return back to where it's set to and that's your paradigm and so i think you know it's important to know where your pa- where your thermostat is set and to put it on uh, the frequency that you want it to be on
0: and your self image helps to control how you shape your paradigm which is interesting so it's really important to grab hold of your self image and create the self image that you want for yourself and then live that and become that
1: absolutely and to there's something that he talks about i believe it's in a lecture series he does with mary morrissey called working with the law highly recommend that series that goes into some real depth of that couldn't really cover in these short little clips here tonight, but he talks with her about projecting who and what it is you want to be and living as though you are already there. And that's a really important piece. I think if you have a goal, whatever piece of your life it is, you live as though you're already there. You think about how it has already happened and That sets everything in motion because as he said, your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between imagination and 3D reality. So if you are imagining you're already at the point you'd like to be at, then you are already at that point. And it's so much easier to make the physical leap when you've already set it in motion in the ethereal world. Um, so that's that was that's super huge, and I think yeah, that working with the law series, I'm pretty sure is where uh, he goes into depth about that. And one more thing, I feel like was it really represented in these short lectures, but something he goes into in depth in a lot of his work is gratitude. He speaks a ton about being in the positive frame of mind, which directly, of course, relates to self-image, but always living in the frequency of gratitude and always being so grateful for everything you have and everywhere it's come from and every little piece that has led you to this moment where you are now and that that carries you further to the next moment of where you'd like to be and focusing on what you want rather than what you don't want what you have rather than what you don't have.
0: Right. And that is where the growth sat because you can be grateful, but you don't necessarily, as Bob says, have to be satisfied. Dissatisfaction is a creative state. It helps you grow, but every step of the way, you're grateful for every aspect of every blessing that's given to you by your attractive force, which is ultimately linked to that divine force that you're in harmony with. So, Having that gratitude is essential. And we're grateful for Bob Proctor. 87 years of life on earth, over 60 years of teaching incredible information, influenced myself, influenced Bryn Anderson, influenced my friends, influenced you because it influenced me to start this podcast. There's so much... That Bob has done for me, all the people in my life have learned from Bob. I deeply appreciate Bob Proctor, this tribute episode. Just want to say thank you, Bob. And when I graduate, I hope to meet you in that other dimension. Bryn, is there anything else you want to say before we go?
1: Uh, Yeah, thanks to Bob and all of his teachers as well and just that divine knowledge that he was able to gather and harness and put out in his own unique way for us to all gather and grow from and carry out into the world. And also thanks for having me um, to do this meaningful memorial for him. Tribute
0: episode, yes. And people, check out the Proctor Gallagher Institute It's proctorgallagherinstitute.com. Get in touch with them if you're interested. And everyone, we'll see you next week. Hopefully, we don't have to do any more tribute episodes anytime soon. Let's take a break from that. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you next week, people. Midnight on Earth.